follow Jesus, money, in God we trust. Now, on our currency, in the beautiful, awesome United States of America, you will notice on our currency is the following. In God we trust. Now, here's what I want to say, very beginning. If anyone should live this way, it should be followers of Jesus. That when it comes to finances, in God, we trust. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And conversely, it is true. Where your heart is, is where your treasure is. So the question has to be asked, how is my heart? Because giving financially has always been and always will be a matter of the heart. Now, when we look at Jesus and giving, here's what Jesus teaches us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3. Now, I'm going to read some text that's not up there, but the two verses that we're going to focus on are on the screen. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. But... This is uh, Matthew 6, 3 and 4. But when you give to the needy, notice, not if you give, but when you give. Giving was commanded in the law of God. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Jesus begins to teach that if we give out of the position of a generous heart, that God will reward you for your giving. But here's what Jesus said. When you give, you give from the heart. You don't give like the hypocrites do, that when they give, they wave something in the air and say, whoa, look at me, look at me. No, they give in secret. Because you see the determination to give is something that has grown out of an intimate, personal relationship with God. And so when God tells them to give, they give. And when they give financially, they do it in secret. And Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Here's what he says. Now when I come to you, Put aside, or before I come to you, the first day of the week, according to your income, set aside a sum of money. Then when I arrive, we won't have to take up the collection. And then he says, choose a few people, and we're going to give them the money, and they're going to go to Jerusalem, and if you think it's best, I'll go with them. What's happening? Paul is teaching them how to give, but here's why they're giving. The church in Jerusalem has been decimated by persecution. Those people, some of the Jewish leaders, have turned on them and begun to kill them. The church in Jerusalem has been literally decimated. Some of the disciples, those followers of Jesus, have died for their faith. Many of them are heading for the hills. They're taking off. But some have been called to stay in the city of Jerusalem. They've lost their jobs. People have turned against them. They're asking them, are you a Christian? If they said yes, they would lose their jobs. And in the midst of that, they had become absolutely destitute. And they're hanging on to try to keep that church there in Jerusalem. 
So in the midst of this, Paul has challenged the Gentile churches to help the church filled with Jews in Jerusalem. Now, as we look at this text, the Apostle Paul says this, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Have you ever prayed and asked God how God wants you to support the work of the kingdom of God? Have you ever asked him that question? I think it's a critical one. It's an issue of the heart. Now, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it, without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So taken from that verse or that chapter of Isaiah 55, the Apostle Paul pulls a verse into his teaching on finances. And in that, what he says is that God desires there, for there to be a place where people walk in, and when they walk in, someone else has covered the cost. And they step in, and they're able to eat and drink and be satisfied because it is paid for. Then he goes on to share very clearly that God blesses and that he in his blessing yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. In looking at this, here's what I want to explain to us very carefully. Because if you were to look at what Paul said back in 2 Corinthians, here's what he wrote. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply an increase in your store of seed. What's he talking about? What was Isaiah getting at? This becomes important. If you live in an agricultural society, you never eat all your seed. If you do, you starve. So every farmer knew in those days, much like in second and third world countries today, you don't eat all you have. You must set something aside, a planned amount. You set it aside, you put it aside, and when you set it aside, you do not eat that. Instead, you take that, and then in the springtime, following that harvest, in the springtime, you throw that seed. One of the greatest miracles during biblical times was the fact that you would throw a seed and that seed would multiply. You didn't get one seed for one seed. You would get maybe thousands of seeds for one seed. You see, every time Paul talks about casting seed, everyone knew what Paul was meaning. And Paul was meaning this. If you consume all your money for yourself, you will end up in trouble. But if you set aside a certain amount and you dedicate that to God and you give it into the kingdom, then God will guarantee that you have more seed to sow. But if you keep it all for yourself and you hoard it and you eat it all for yourself, you will not have a harvest of righteousness. That's what Paul is teaching. And so when we look at the financial realities of our lives, the question has to be, is the American dream what drives us, or is it that we're followers of Jesus when it comes to our finances? Here's the idea in Paul's mind, that as followers of Jesus, money does not run us. 
As followers of Jesus, we learn to set aside an amount that we have prayed about, we've spoken to God about, we're moving towards that. Some of you really might want to be a person that gives 10%. You can't do it yet. You realize there's going to be a process, and God is calling you towards that process. But what Paul teaches is this is that the vision of God for every local church is that it's not that you're just meeting budget. It's that that there is an abundance of finances so that, not that we can get fat and happy together, it's so that we can be generous and we can meet other people's needs. And what does Paul say? that others will praise God because of our obedience that accompanies our confession of the gospel of Christ. I want to encourage you to begin to step into something new with Christ. That each day of the week or the first day of the week you would set something aside for the kingdom of God and that you would choose to do that by faith and then you would give and as you give, begin to trust God that He's going to meet the needs of your life. Here's what I know. There might be a thinking person sitting here. And the thinking person would be sitting here saying this, okay, Pete, I get the seed metaphor. And in Jesus' day, they didn't understand what a seed did. They couldn't figure it out. It was a miracle of God. But now we understand what happens. We know what germination is. We, we scientifically can kind of codify that and say, here's what happens. The mystery is gone, therefore the metaphor doesn't work. I want to challenge you on that. Here's why. We might understand how it works, but it still needs to rain. I want to encourage you as we close out our time together that you would take seriously the Word of God, that you would consider being a person that would follow Jesus, and that out of City Church's growing generosity, where it wouldn't just be that the budget is met and that we have a little bit more, but there would be a generosity factor that would hit our church, and that through that others who do not know God would be able to rejoice because of our obedience to our confession to the gospel of Jesus.